production. Today we speak to someone who, on a daily basis, tells millions and millions of us where to go and what to do. Any guesses who that might be? Karen Jacobson, of course, the original voice of Apple's Siri. It's a mind-twisting episode 560 of the 12-year-old award-winning Small Business Big Marketing Podcast. Well, I said, welcome to a small business marketing show where successful small business owners share their souls to take your marketing straight to the lead. Now, here's your host, Mr. Timbo Reed. And welcome back to your weekly dose of marketing madness. I'm your host, Timbo Reed, and I have an insatiable curiosity for uncovering marketing strategies and ideas that help businesses just like yours to grow. You, so much more importantly, well, you're a motivated business owner, ready to crank out some great marketing to build that beautiful business of yours into the empire it absolutely deserves to be. And that's why this podcast exists. As per usual, team, There's marketing G-O-L-D dripping from the ceiling over here at Small Business Big Marketing's HQ. So let's get stuck right in. Today we reconnect with past guest Karen Jacobson, the voice of Siri. We first spoke to Karen about seven years ago when she shared how she became the most recognised voice in the world, available on well over, how's this, a billion smartphone and GPS devices globally. She was even the Australian Karen voice on the TomTom navigation device. You know, if you want to hear that whole story of how all that came to be, I suggest first listening to episode 191 of this podcast and skip to the 13-minute mark to get right into the good stuff because I happened to rattle on a little bit at the start of that episode. So I was about that. Now, back then, Karen was living in New York with her husband and young son pursuing a singing career. She was actually the backup singer, or actually is the backup singer, for Cindy Lauper. Isn't that amazing? As well as being an in-demand public speaker, author and facilitator of a personal development program all about recalculating one's life, which we talk about during this chat. Now, thanks to COVID, Karen and her family moved back to Australia, where she's now living in the beautiful Sundays, doing everything she used to do and then some. So sit back and enjoy the dulcet tones of Siri as we discuss personal branding, navigating the pandemic, the importance of having a coach. We talk about anxiety work-life balance, and plenty, plenty more. I started the interview the only way I knew how. Hey, Siri. G'day. (laughs) How could I not do that? It doesn't get old, does it? (laughs) Not Not for me, it doesn't. Does it get old for you? You know, it brings so much delight to people that I just keep getting a lot of enjoyment out of it myself. Yeah, that's great. Well, you've been Siri now, Karen, for 10 years. What amazing opportunities has it led to? Wow, what a question. I think the really interesting part about having such a recognisable voice, you know, I'm the original Australian voice of Siri and my my voice has been in elevators and cruise ships and in-dash car systems and GPS and smartphone devices and software applications around the world, over a billion, billions of devices. It certainly led to many business opportunities in that there's a familiarity. 
And I may not see it in that way, but others and the way they relate to me, it's quite interesting. Um, I think it's the familiarity that's really quite beautiful, aside from business opportunities, but just that general, very close connection with people who feel like they already know me. Yeah. It's obviously led to things like a speaking career and maybe additional voiceover work. Anything particular where there's this, it might, it might not be a massive thing, but for you, was there something that happened that you've gone, wow, that was simply because I'm the voice of Siri? I think uh, being a voice in devices, not Siri specific, has given me the opportunity to do some visible things with my music career that have been really you know, on the on the dream list, singing the at the Carols by Candlelight in Australia in Melbourne. There's a huge Christmas Eve Carols by Candlelight premiere event with amazing artists, and being invited to to perform on that. I think there's an ability to cut through the not the noise but the um, volume of performers that are out there as a performer because there is a hook. There is that hook. Well, you and I met on a stage in Disneyland, right? At the Disneyland Convention Center. That that you know, you were probably there because you're Siri. I don't know why I was there. They must have got the wrong speaker. But anyway, I, was, I took it. <laughs> and, um, yeah, amazing, isn't it? Where where, where it takes you when you, when you put yourself out there? I yes. guess. Tell me, um, have you from a business point of view? And we're going to be talking about the various business things that you have happening in your life. But from a business point of view and marketing your brand, have you been? literally able to trade off the fact that you're the voice of Siri or that you're the Australian Karen voice on Tom Tom Navigation? Has it been an amazing marketing tool? I've actually gone out of my way to not trade on that. I thought so. Interestingly. Uh, there are, you know, 2011, my voice uh, came out in that first Siri application and I didn't mention it and hardly mention it in my own personal marketing, actually, um, it's others who clients or the media will mention it. And I will say that my voice is, you know, the Australian Karen and, and has is in this many devices. But in terms of mentioning the name Siri, that hasn't been in my own personal marketing. I've just been, I've been really intentional about that. I What's that about? Well, I don't have a direct contract with Apple. I did that voice system for a third-party company. And then whatever deal was done, I don't know about that. So to my mind, I just don't feel that there's a a need for me to necessarily mention that brand name or hadn't, I hadn't for a very long time. Um, What I would say to anybody listening here who's like, oh, it's all right for you, your voice is in a billion devices, it's all right for you and your branding, I would like to say that everybody has a hook. And your hook may not be obvious to you, but I can bet your bottom dollar that everyone around you, if you asked them what your hook was, they would be able to tell you. And it's pretty interesting how blind we can be to our own very, very obvious hook to others. And this can be in any kind of industry, uh, And I I just really encourage people to ask their closest circle of friends and colleagues and and even loved ones, not even business colleagues, you know, what is it about me? What is it about what I'm doing that, that sticks out to you? And it'll be very interesting to see what you get back because there'll be there'll be threads, there'll be clues, and before you know it, you'll have a hook that you know within yourself is 
was really obvious all all along that you didn't see? It's a great, great question because, you know, personal brand, you know, in a world of sameness where there are a gazillion chiropractors, there's a gazillion accountants, there's a gazillion however, every industry is full of people, right, doing the same thing. What's going to set us apart? And one of those things is what we put into our personal brand and part of that personal brand is our hook. So I think that's a great question to ask. What would you suggest to someone wanting to be more visible if they're not comfortable with this idea? I, I call it sticking your head above the trench, but there's a lot of people there who go, oh, I don't want to do that. Well, gee, you're leaving money on the table if you don't. I think it's uh, I think it's very much about what what is it you want to accomplish? What are you here for? What is that offering, what is that purpose? How do you want to spend your time? How do you want to impact others? Like you've got, you get clear on the answer to those questions and being, sticking your head above or being more visible starts to get a little less scary because you're not thinking about what is it going to look like with people looking at me. You're starting to think about and look at what is the most effective way of making the impact I'm here to make. And when you are impact focused, it it becomes so much less about you, it almost overrides those fears. Yeah. It was funnily enough, it happened at the conference that you and I spoke at in Anaheim where it was a financial planning crowd. It was a partner's conference. So you could bring your partner, your wife or your husband. And the thing that I spoke about from stage was about being helpful in your marketing, was about the fact that you as a business owner, you're standing on a mountain of knowledge. Why don't you share it in order to attract people into you? And I sort of explained that concept. And then I don't know whether you were in the room at the time, but the wife of an elderly financial planner, he would have been close to 70, stood up and basically said, my husband, this bloke here next to her, has been in the industry for 50 years. He has a mountain of knowledge and he chooses not to share it because he's too embarrassed. And it's like, and she, and she was like, thank you so much for bringing this to our attention. I'm now going to encourage him to do a podcast or a blog or a YouTube channel and actually share that knowledge because, you know, how dare you not? Mm. And then there's, of course, the delivery methods that is going to resonate for you and your comfort level and where your people are hanging out. You know, there, there's a, there are certain age groups that are or types of business owners who may not bother with TikTok and others who know that that's where their people are. So it's identifying what your comfort level is. And I think, yes, yes to being visible, getting the word out, making the impact you can make and figuring out what for you makes the most sense, what what makes the most sense for you and where where are your people. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Fish where the fish are. Hey, are you on TikTok? I'm not yet, but I had a friend yesterday talk to me about TikTok and she is um, my age, so a mum and not a, you know, not a teenager. And she she was so excited to share with me all these things she's been learning on TikTok as a a consumer. So, uh, So it made me actually consider downloading it. Oh my goodness. Like we were saying just before we started recording, there are just so many ways we can talk to others these days and for others to talk to us. And you know, I'm constantly getting into trouble where someone says, didn't you get my DM in LinkedIn? (laughs) Or didn't you see that WhatsApp message? And I'm like, you know what? No. You know, personally, a phone call, 
maybe a text or an email for me is like, you'll pretty much get me in those three circumstances. Everything else is a bit of a raffle. Yes. What about you? Do you sort of spread yourself thin or are you pretty um, definite as to how you like to receive communications? I'm pretty easy to get in touch with across everything. However, I turned off the notifications for WhatsApp and then I got myself into a, a situation where I had close contacts trying to get important communications to me through WhatsApp messaging. I'm like, <laughs> just one. I just turned one <laughs> off. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Now, listen, uh, when we spoke seven years ago, Karen, uh, you were living the life in New York. Things were pretty good. Uh, hubby had a job. You had a job. You were living the high life. I remember you talking in that in that interview about, you know, the fact is you're living in a beautiful apartment in an, in an amazing city. Uh, a lot's changed since then. How has COVID impacted your life and particularly your business life? Well, for all of us, of course, it's been a jarring time. And at the very beginning of the pandemic in March of 2020, my husband turned to me and he said, do you think we should go to Australia? And this is as New York was closing down. down. And I said, oh, that's a bit dramatic, isn't it? And so we, we didn't. We st- spent that weekend in New York getting, you know, shopping and getting ready to isolate. And then a few days later, um, he asked me that question again. I said, well, maybe we we should. So we we came out to Australia for a few weeks to be with my parents, never imagining that we would be walking out the door of our home and not returning now for over, you know, nearly a year and a half. And it was an extraordinarily complex uh, experience because we had planned, our son was remote schooling and we planned, we extended and extended then thinking, oh, well, we'll be back for the beginning of the school year in September. And then that just didn't make sense for us. And amazingly, you know, opportunities opened up for work here in Australia for me. And I booked, I'd written a show called Makita Manhattan, which is a musical memoir. And it's a my story, it's a 90-minute show told through the songs I've written from the age of seven to the present day. And I booked some really quite big performances in, in fabulous um, entertainment centre venues. And so that was the first real money we'd earned in months and months. And we said, well, we have to stay for those opportunities. And then we came up after lockdown into Woomba to the Whit Sundays into North Queensland, and I wanted to show my family uh, how beautiful this area where I grew up is. And we met amazing people, fell in love with the area, and people who said, oh, I think there's a lot of opportunity for you here. And we're thinking, well, we're in the entertainment business. What do you mean there's a lot of opportunity for us here? But it turns out they were right, and we made the decision to stay for a while in the Whit Sundays, thinking, okay, maybe a few months or maybe a gap year, an adventure year, family adventure gap year. And then our son's school could no longer um, support his remote learning, and we made a pretty wrenching decision and put him in in-person school here in the Sundays. And I started to feel very strongly about helping get the word out for local tourism operators here who'd been really hit hard, local business owners, by the, um, by the shutdowns. And I was using my own media contacts and I was using um, social to get the word out about how glorious it is to visit the Sundays. And this led to 
Tourism with Sunday's calling me and saying, you know, we'd really like to hear more about what you're up to. And then they said, look, would you like to be, you know, we'd like to create this destination ambassador role. And we put our heads together and did so. And so I'm now the official destination ambassador for Tourism with Sundays. And we've worked on uh, media campaigns and an advertising campaigns. So the Wonders of the Whit Sundays campaign was a million dollar a campaign that had an 11 to 1 return, so an $11 million result for this region. So truly unthinkable, unfathomable, unimaginable turns of events that have led to us now staying put in the Wit Sundays, working remotely with clients around the world um, in terms of my voiceover work and speaking work. But, you know, People say, oh, how did, how did this happen or how did that happen? I just kept doing what I know to do and mm. listening, I suppose, for what life wanted of us. And you put it out there. Isn't that an incredible learning? I mean, for those who, and right now, there's a lot of people who are stuck, you know, yeah. stuck because businesses either disappeared, stuck because business is really tough, stuck because the way the world is such that to make a decision like you have pretty scary stuff. But so often I hear, you know, when people do make that big move, things just fall into place. It's like the universe is like, right, you finally listened. Now I'm going to look after you. Exactly. And it's, I would say to anyone who's doing it tough right now as they're listening, just from my experience, what I needed to do was to stop the action. I needed to stop the action and go, okay, everything's on the table. And that can be very scary. Some people might use the word surrender, but really to just be, to stop the action and go, okay, I don't necessarily, I'm going to give up the idea that I have the answer and that I know the way it's supposed to go and I'm going to stop and I'm going to listen. And that listening is very uncomfortable. Uh, by, by, by listening for what life wants of you, I'm saying, just to question absolutely every assumption you may be making about how it's supposed to look in your life. And you may may have been in the same industry doing things in the same way or been on a roll, but things are different now. So it's okay. It's okay if they're not working. Because And, and I just want to also encourage that, like, what was a disaster for us has turned out to be an absolute Miracle. Now, we still have our home and all of our belongings and a grand piano in the middle of Midtown Manhattan sitting there with very little um, tenancy in the last year and a half. It's not a picnic financially, let me tell you. But our quality of life is off the charts. Our son is thriving at school. We've got all kinds of interesting opportunities opening up for us here. And, you know, none of that can I argue with. It sounds like you've landed on your feet. I'm sure it's not as easy as it sounds. Was there a wobbly moment? And if there was, either for you or hubby or your son or the family unit as a whole, how did you manage through it? It was wobbly from March till about October of 2020. So you got the phone call from the Whit Sundays Tourism Bureau, I would have thought. <laughs> well, it's, <laughs> it was all of that time was, um, I just kept thinking, are we doing the right thing? Should we be going back? Should we stay here? What are we supposed to do? Should If I'm going to be in Australia, I've been in America for 20 years, shouldn't I be living next door to my parents? I can't live away from them. But, you know, just making all those decisions, changing our son's school, the last thing that we wanted to do was to disrupt his education, which is what it felt like. 
but the school in New York could no longer support his remote learning. And they, they did an entire year of online learning that just wasn't working at all for us. So many wobbly moments. And that was the biggest one. I mean, there were a lot of tears and they were mine. You know, are we ruining our son's education? It, that overshadows any business decision we could be making, you know. Um, why do we want thriving businesses so we can have amazing lives and be with the, our loved ones and raise a family or whatever your choices are in life, you know? So that was extremely, extremely difficult. But as you said, once we did make that choice and and to also not need it to be a forever choice, you know, maybe we'll be here for a year is what we started to think. And that gave us some freedom. Okay, for a defined period of time, my business coach, Mark LeBlanc, would say, you know, make a decision for a defined period of time, whether that's a day, a week, a month, try something else out. You mentioned your business coach there. And by the way, there's just so much to unpack in what you've just said. It's quite ridiculous. Luckily, <laughs> luckily it's a seven-hour interview and we're just going to have a couple of breaks. But um, oh. you were very big when we last spoke seven years ago. You basically said to my audience, every single one of you, do not do not hesitate. Go out and find a business coach immediately. And that's coming, yes. that's coming from a professional singer. You know, singers have coaches. Sporting people have coaches. Why shouldn't us business owners have coaches? Have you found, and I'm digressing here, but it is interesting because you've spent so much time in the States where having a therapist and a coach is a badge of honour. It's not even a badge of honour. It's just a ticket to the game. In it's Austra- a way of life. In Australia, less so maybe than 10 years ago, but putting your hand up and saying, I see a psych every week or I have a coach, it's a little bit of cringe, a little bit of sort of, I don't know, tall poppy something going on there. Have you found that being back in? Oh, de- absolutely. Mm. Definitely. I I wonder about the origins of it and I wonder if it's people are going to think there is something wrong with me. Yes. Shouldn't I be able to handle this on my own? Because Australians are resilient. We're very versatile. We 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 get it done, you know. We're, we, we, we're very capable. So I think there's a huge resistance to hiring a professional to help you with what you think you're supposed to have figured out on your own. And We're almost, we're almost too resilient for our own good. Yes. And, you know, and I'm thinking about regional Australia at the moment, although it applies to anyone anywhere in Australia, but, you know, regional Australian businesses, farmers... Talk about resilience, fires, droughts, economy, plagues, you name it, they go through it. But then you hear those terrible stories of them not managing very well. Um, and sometimes it can end in, in, you know, in disastrous circumstances. And I just think, you know, if, if only as Aussies, we sort of said, hey, we don't know. We, well, I don't think we say we know it all, but we say she'll be right, mate. You know, we'll get yeah, through exactly. this. And it's like... Why, you know, I like to think part of the, the reason I podcast is that I'm, I can offer some, you know, one-way coaching to my listeners. And I just think everyone else out there should just have someone they can, whether it be a mentor or a paid coach, a family member, someone you can vent with, share with, bounce and off. And I think that, I think you, you hit the spot when you said a paid coach. There is something in the hesitancy to invest in ourselves that I think is the core a core problem or challenge. It doesn't have to be called a problem. A core challenge, you know, investing in ourselves. I don't know if it's a self-worth, self-esteem conversation or it is if it's more on that resilience side, but but 
you are your, as a business owner, you are your most important asset. Invest in yourself. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> right. Investing. Yeah. It's like in every aspect, you know, you want to be seen, to taken seriously in a certain circle and business meeting, you're going to have to have a $1,000 suit. Yeah, that's it's right. The, it's the... It's the price of entry. Well, you know, and what I, yeah. People pay, you know, and again, I'm guilty of this, you know, you pay 1500 bucks to have your car serviced uh, before you pay 1500 bucks to have someone tell you that you are okay, you're not okay, here's what you could be doing better, here's some ideas to be more, you know, sort of, yeah, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Karen, you were, um, you, you've cleverly branded yourself the GPS girl off the back of being the Australian Karen voice in Tom Tom Navigation and that's been a brand that you've, you've carried with you for many years. In that brand, and when I saw you speak in, at Disneyland, uh, it was around recalculating your life. Very yes. clever. Play on the whole in-car navigation. Um, what, what was the actual phrase that, that you would say? It is never too late to recalculate. And, and what would you say inside the navigation device? Reca- uh, recalculating or? Recalculating. That. So you build a brand off that. You now talk uh, about pre-calculating. What, what is – recalculating makes sense. I guess recalculating is like looking back and going, okay, well, there's some things that need to change. What is pre-calculating? So during the, the – I suppose some of the earliest part, I was going to say the darkest part of the pandemic, but we, we, we are only in another phase of it. We don't know where, where it's going to end and when it's going to end. But uh, during 2020, I was delivering um, – to a, a number of groups and what I identified was when times are incredibly difficult, not just a little downturn in your business or a little challenge, but the kind of life circumstances that we've seen during a pandemic, sometimes we're not even able to think straight about recalculating, about shifting the energy from moving from the passenger seat to the driver's seat, all of these practical steps that recalculating, the recalculating principle offers. It's more of a case of, okay, this is a bit of a dire life situation right now. And I need to, I'm going to pre-calculate as in what happens before I'm ready to actually recalculate and go through the, the recalculating process of shifting the energy. I need to find uh, a, ways to stabilise my situation in a life or a business sense. Mm-hmm. So that is what, where the term pre-calculating came is being able to stabilise so that we are then able to move to the next stage of those practical steps in the recalculating process. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And it reminds me just how big a supporter of, of personal development that you are, all this work that you do. And we're going to talk about the other businesses that you have, but every single one of them sort of has this common theme of, you know, making sure you're on track, that you're on purpose, that you're doing something that brings you joy and love. Karen, you're big on purpose. How does one find one's purpose, Karen? <laughs> well, funny you ask that question. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> you know I have an answer for everything. 
I know that and I, that's what I love about you as a guest. Oh, thank you. I just wrote actually a 14-day course called Ready for What I Came Here For, all about living with deeper purpose. Love that name. Well, I had written a song called Ready for What I Came Here For and just released that as a single and with a music video filmed in the glorious Whit Sundays. Filmed in the Whit Sundays, I saw that. That's right. And to to celebrate the release of this song and the depth of the message of this song, which is really about finding deeper purpose, living with purpose in life and, you know, creating an inspired life. I thought to celebrate, I would create this free course. And it's a 14 day email course where you get an email every day and there's an an action step to take. But I I really, you know, sometimes you'll sign up for, for a course or a free course and it's so much volume of work. This one, it's like a little action to take every day or a word to think about. It's very, very simple and easily integrated into daily life. And so I mention it because I've been thinking a lot and uh, addressing a lot about purpose lately. And in that course, I walk people through simple steps, thinking about what is it you love doing, love spending your time doing, like that simple, because that's that's the key, I think, to finding your purpose looking at what is it I absolutely love doing that time passes so quickly and it might seem like it's not related to your purpose but you might be someone who you just love chatting to people you love people you love conversation or you love lying on the beach I mean it doesn't matter what it is but the clues are in what you absolutely love spending your time doing Okay, my hand's up, my hand's up, and I'm asking for a friend here, Karen, wink, wink. If there is something that you know brings you a massive amount of joy, you do do it occasionally, you know you're not very good at it, but that doesn't matter because the joy and laughter and smiles and just that that heartwarming feeling that you get from doing it, it's so important to you. But when you look at it as a business, it's like, there's no way I can make a business out of that. There's no way I can make a living out of that. What do you do then? Well, it may not be that exact thing. It may be an aspect of it. It may be working with people who do that thing. And you can bring your expertise in another way into that industry in a way you hadn't seen before. So it's it's not it doesn't have to be literal. You know, you may love lying on the beach. Let me let me use that as an example. You may I am a professional at that. Then there may be something related to the experience that experience that you can then create as a business. And I, I'm going I'm to give you a couple of you know, completely different things. Like you might develop a brand new sunscreen. You might develop a beach umbrella. You might create a brand of products. You might um, start a tour company. You might become a travel agent. I don't know. All I'm saying is take a look at what you absolutely love doing and what brings you the most joy and in your experience of life. And in there, some of the clues, you'll start to see a thread. Oh, and I clever. don't mean just one thing you love doing. I mean all the things you love doing. Mm. Yeah, that's really clever. I like that. That's a great follow-up question, you know, and not taking it too literally. No. Uh, is, is excellent. I must tell my friend that information, Karen. You must. Mention that to your friend. <laughs> I wonder who that could be. Now, Karen, <laughs> you have the GPS girl, you're a speaker, you're a singer-songwriter, 
You're a voiceover artist. You're an author. You're now the destination ambassador to the Wit Sundays. There's two questions there. One, how do you effectively manage the many different businesses you run? Because it's not dissimilar to what I do, and I'd be fascinated in your answer because I'm still trying to figure it out. The other part of that is, what's your purpose? Because there is some disparity in the various things that I just listed, or is there? No, there isn't. It's all under the one umbrella. So how do I manage them all? Well, I I did some really uh, profound work with a master coach called Sophie McLean a couple of years ago, and that had me really get very deeply into what the essence of my life is for at a, at a whole other level. And my purpose is around bringing inspiration. I love to shine light on situations. I love to work with people so that their dreams can come true and they can see their truth. Well, that's a very common link in all those all those things I listed. Yes, and so everything you listed comes under that under that. So I'm I am inspiring or empowering or having people reflect on their own lives, helping them have an, an emotional experience that can help them see something for themselves through being on stage as a singer. As a speaker, you know, I'm shining a light on the Sundays area, which for those listeners around the world, the Sundays is right at the Great Barrier Reef in Australia, off the North Queensland coast of Australia. So for me, that just a little bit of that description that I gave you that's who I am, where my work is located. So I can have an opportunity offered to me. And if it, if it isn't going to uplift, then it's not for me. You know, if it's going to be some, I've been offered um, reality television shows, for example, to participate in. And there are some reality television shows that are uplifting and there are some that are not. And so it's very clear, okay, that's not aligned with what I'm what my purpose is, what, what, I'm, what I'm up to, what I'm here for. Just remind me of the reality TV shows that are uplifting. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm just racking my brain. <laughs> the Bachelor? I don't know. No, well, I think The Amazing Race is a television show that is uplifting. Oh, yeah. It has its element of realityness that I'm not 100% behind. But for the most part, it's a, a show about figuring things out and it's adventurous and it's 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 there's so much growth and development that happens through that show so that's one that I do like tell me about uh businesses on the wit sundays before we talk about work life balance with you because i reckon you'd have a fair bit to say around that topic but uh businesses on the wit sundays wow you know you just you just explained what the wit sundays is and how it's on the barrier reef great barrier reef but there aren't going to be a whole lot of international guests coming that way for a few months, if not years. What's the general feeling? Yeah, well, that was a a massive shock and challenge for tour operators here who relied on a decent percentage of their business coming from international travellers. And to have that end abruptly meant that the focus then shifted to the domestic traveller and to, to the drive market in particular because Australian borders have opened and closed over different period, uh, over periods of time during the pandemic. So 
it's it's shifted tremendously the focus of businesses here and a, a num- quite a number of business owners I've spoken with have completely shifted their business models and they may have been a backpacker focused or a or a young traveler or an international traveler uh business and they've now totally rejigged things and now they might be a family oriented um, business or and certainly everyone is now welcomes the domestic traveler but it's been very very interesting to see those businesses that have been willing and open to shifting things completely and those who have been um, unfortunately felt a lot more stuck with it. Karen, let's just finish by talking business owner well-being. I, I, I say all the time, all the great marketing ideas and inspiration in the world is not much use if you're not well in your mind or your body. How's your work-life balance? Well, I, it's interesting you say that because I've just been following my nose, taking the next, next opportunity, open to the next opportunity for this the, this long period during the first year and a half of the pandemic and I've just reached a moment where I'm like, I think I need a holiday. And that's a funny moment to arrive at because I live now in the Sundays, which is paradise, you know, looking out at the Coral Sea and the islands as I'm speaking to you. It's arrived this moment of needing to take a break. And as I've heard said with health, you know, you take care of yourself, you make time to take care of yourself now or later you're going to have to make time uh, to go to the hospital for a longer period. And I, I really think that that is a pretty sobering but accurate statement. So for me, work, my, my well-being is absolutely my number one priority. And if, I've, if you've ever sat down and done a priorities exercise, it's ch- challenging to figure out your priorities, I think, and then to put them in order is, oh, my gosh, it's just brutal. But I came to the discovery that well-being was number one, for that reason, you know, I'm. How can I be a, a great human being, a parent, partner, business owner? How can I have the best, most impact I can have if my well-being is not top notch? It's so, that old adage of you know the old the, put the oxygen on yourself before you put it, it on the person next it, to you. Yeah, it really is. So, so that's mm. a massive focus for me. And you know, I meditate twice a day, twenty minutes at a time. I I need to feel good. And and can I tell the biggest secret to your listeners? <laughs> yeah, sure. This is like, well, it's a re- to me this is a huge revelation and I did not discover this till I think in the last uh, few months or the last year for sure. And we all think that the prize is more clients and a million bucks and travelling in luxury and and the big house and a pool and a car and a, all those things, you know, and and and, and being finding our true love, all these winning the lottery, like all of these things, we think that's the prize in life, right? You're not it, going to tell us it's that's wrong, are you? No, 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 <laughs> no. It's not wrong. I mean, yeah. chasing it, chasing it at your uh, to the detriment of your well being is probably an unpleasant way to live. But the prize is feeling good. The only reason we want any of the things I just listed is because we think they'll make us feel good. So imagine if we prioritise feeling good in every moment. Just go out and buy a bigger house. Well, fantastic. If you can feel good (laughs) from this moment 
to and, the moment of buying the big house, then that is the prize. So if you mm. notice you're not feeling good, what is something you can do in this moment? Go and have a glass of water. Take a walk around the block. Take a nap. 100%. It is about feeling good. So, again, paying attention to what makes us feel good. Do more of that. Great advice, Karen. I love having you on this show. I love being on this show. I feel quite privileged that to, to be asked to return. Tim, thank you so well, much for having me. Well, thanks for reaching out. You know, you came back last year and you reached out and said, I'm back, let's have another chat. And I've been making a bit of a habit of getting past guests on and seeing where they're up to. So it's wonderful that you're thriving in in pretty tough times in an industry that isn't necessarily thriving. So well done to you for doing that. And thank you for sharing how you've done it so others can benefit from it. Karen, may you continue to thrive in that beautiful part of the world. Oh, you have reached your destination. Oh, I do love arriving at my destination. There you go, team. Karen Jacobson, a.k.a. the voice of Siri. Hope you enjoyed that. Coming up, a listener shares an idea that I should have suggested to you years ago. But first, here's what grabbed my attention from that chat with Karen Jacobson. Attention grabber number one. I just love Karen's passion for what she does. It's absolutely infectious. Attention grabber number two. I love the fact that Karen's helping others find their purpose. And if that discussion resonated with you, then be sure to grab a copy of her free 14-day course ready for what I came here for. You'll find a link to that over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com forward slash 560. And attention grabber number three, I love the fact that Karen's encouraging all business owners to spend more time building their personal brand and not just their business brand. I've done a few episodes on personal branding over the years, including one with personal trainer to the stars, Michelle Bridges, which I would encourage you to have a listen to if you're interested in that whole concept of personal branding. There was another one uh, with a financial advisor, another one with a lawyer, and we come at that topic from all different angles. Again, you'll find links to those over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com forward slash 560. That's what grabbed my attention. I would love to know what grabbed yours. Ring the Small Business Big Marketing hotline after the show's over or now. Put me on pause. I've got a thick skin. You can just call me on 0480 015 150 and let me know. Just like listener Danielle did. Hi Tim, this is Danielle and I'm the coffee lady of Adelaide. I work for our family run and owned Business Fine Choice Coffee Solutions and we provide households and workplaces with their end-to-end coffee solutions from coffee machines, coffee beans, anything in between and we also house a service centre here in Adelaide. Just finished listening to Kate Reid's Loon story. Oh my God, obsessed. I love croissants and I love Formula One so I was super intrigued and I have to say I'm fairly new to your podcast so I haven't been able to implement too many things in our business just yet. But what I am conscious of doing is getting on our Instagram page and following these businesses and sometimes the entrepreneurs themselves, giving them a bit of a like and hopefully getting some exposure for our own in the meantime. It's all about small business support. So love what you're doing with the podcast. Please, please, please keep it going. I believe it is the holy grail for us small business owners. Thanks again, Tim. Bye for now. 
Wow, Daniel, the holy grail. Thank you for considering my podcast at that level. Hey, yeah, uh, the Kate Reed interview was amazing. Uh, incredible story. If you haven't listened to it, I encourage you to go back a few episodes and, and listen to a woman who became a Formula One aerodynamic engineer only to then re-engineer the croissant and be awarded the best croissant in the world. It's a crazy story. Hey, good on you for following all my guests, Danielle, and their businesses on socials. I'll go one step further and suggest that you reach out to them and tell them that you heard them on this podcast. I reckon they'd be happy to hear that, and I'd love you to do that. Thanks for leaving a message, Danielle. Have a great week. Well, that almost brings us to the end of episode 560. If you haven't already, be sure to grab a copy of my book, The Boomerang Effect, over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com. It'll teach you how to create helpful marketing. If you're loving the Small Business Big Marketing podcast, then you'll find 559 more episodes on your favourite podcast app. This podcast was presented by me, Timbo Reed. The music bed written, sung and produced by Lockie Dolly member of Roger Waters' Pink Floyd band. Oh, such a great story. I've already told that a hundred times. And made to sparkle by producer Romy Scher. Until next time, thank you so much for tuning in. May your marketing be the absolute best marketing. Bye for now.